Yolo. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone listening would be able to help us out with that one. Vives una vez. <laughs> Vivian. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's quite good. Love. Jumping into the river. Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. Hello. Fluent fam. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and together with my co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Today, for the last time in the decade. Decade. Yeah. <laughs> the year also, possibly the week, we are going to talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Hey, Lindsay, how's it going? Hello. Good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Just fine. Thank you very much. Shaking hands. Glorious. Um, obliged. Yes, yes lovely yes. to meet you. Lovely. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, thank you. Bye. So today, we, well, we're, we're going to have actually a fairly formal-based podcast because it's it's all very official this is the time of the year that the official words of the year are released and published and revealed by lots and lots of dictionary companies and language societies so today it's our words of the year episode 2019 and also our last joint podcast have you had a good podcasting year Lindsay? Wait, what? Hang on. Did you just drop a bombshell on me? Last joint podcast of the year, right? And of the decade. Okay, not ever. Good. No, no, not ever. I was like, what a way to go. What a way to tell me. Okay. Yes. Have I had a good, what was the question? A good year? A podcasting year. Yeah. Not too shabby. Yeah. No language stories this year, right? Uh, We were still releasing season two when the year started. So that was still rolling out until about March time. Mm-hmm. And then by then, everything else was so busy that, yeah, season three did not happen this year. Um, but we've already put things in motion. So next year, 2020, season three of Language Stories should at least it will be recorded and it should at least begin to start being released 2020. Happy so, listeners, if you've not checked this out, this Lindsay's. Lindsay's own podcast called Language Stories, which tells you narrative stories behind don't know, an aspect of a language or a language snapshot, really, and is going to go into season three in the next year. Season one was based around Latin and South America and season two around. Yeah, season one was the Americas because we did have an episode from New York and from Montreal as well. Yes. And season two was Southeast Asia. Season two was Southeast Asia. And give us a hint. What do you what can you reveal, if anything, about season three? Season three is a lot closer to home. I did say at the end of season two. So if you've listened, you already know. It's about uh-huh. the UK. Yeah. And to be honest, about the UK. my initial my initial plan was that it would tie in as Brexit had happened in March earlier this year. And we would begin to film and it would all be like post-Brexit, what's going on, languages, blah, blah, blah. And then Brexit's been delayed. So it's quite, it's, it feels quite fitting that Language Stories has also been delayed until next year. <laughs> and in fact, you're going to, there's now an even stronger chance that you're going to start recording just as Brexit 
It's, yeah. it's beginning to bite. Ooh, exciting times, listeners. A, a, a new decade of social change and joy. Mm. Words of the year sum up the year. And I have uh, this year, I've got lots and lots and lots of words from lots of different countries. So we're going to go a little bit more multilingual. But the majority of the words of the year that, that I could find around the web really are based around English and the Englishes. So we're going to take a trip to Australia. We're going to take a trip to the USA and we're going to have a look here in the UK as well. So before we move on to words of the year, I want to give a shout out to our current sponsor, Yabla. Lindsay, you taught me how to say it like that. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Yabla or Yabla, however you want to pronounce it, is a video database with lots of boosts for learners of Spanish, English, Italian, French, German and Chinese. Yabla is sort of like as if YouTube had been souped up with amazing features that make it completely designed for language learners and you don't have to ever wade through like you know mojo's top five prince andrew moments or anything like that yeah. <laughs> you never have to do anything like that because it's just designed in your language and they've graded it by beginner intermediate and advanced levels so it's actually very handy have you had a look at yabla before Lindsay? i have yeah a few years ago mm, what did you did you use it for teaching or for learning oh no for learning for learning oh i think it might make a really cool teaching tool Yeah, definitely, definitely would. Mm, and with so many features like custom playback, subtitles in both languages, of course, learning games, flashcards, and my favorite, being able to loop a specific sentence or a chunk of subtitle and listen to it again, again, and again, until you actually hear the words that you see on the screen. Love that. Yabla is the premier, premier premiere language learning video platform with all those amazing tools that will enhance your conversational understanding you can stream authentic shows music videos soap operas and actually youtubers now even that you enjoy and learn at the same time so you can give yabla a try all the listeners get a free month with a with the special link because there's a few videos that you can just kind of try it out but i recommend do you know, put your email address in and try out that free month because it's so much it's so much more impressive when you actually log in. And that special link is yabla.com. So that's Y-A-B-L-A dot com slash fluent show to go for a free month. Yabla.com slash fluent show. Thank you so much to Yabla for supporting the show. And I cannot do the sponsor read without also thanking another group of wonderful people. And that's our Patreon backers. What a wonderful group you are. And you can join this group of extremely kind people who keep this show going, support the show. Because I think sometimes people don't, people don't realize that we are a completely independent podcast. So we don't have any big company behind us. We are Lindsay and Kirsten sitting here rocking it out. And if you want to support us doing that, you can search for Fluent Show on Patreon.com. And every week 
you will get extra detailed show notes, added videos and bonus episode, not every week, a bonus episode that would be a bit much. You do get bonus episodes and outtakes from the editing room. So search for Fluent Show on Patreon.com to make that happen. And thank you so much to the wonderful backers that we already have. Whew. Ding dong. That's all announcements out the way. Really? There's, there's just It's now time to wind down. I'm sitting back. Yeah. I'm relaxing. I can't sit back too much. I'll be too far away from the mic, but <laughs> that's true. I'm not in in my head I'm sitting back. Yes, to my editor's chagrin. I'm gonna demonstrate how it sounds when I'm far away from the microphone. Hello. This is that would be the super chilled fluent show, which we're not doing because we've still got one exciting topic to cover this year. Lindsay, are you are you a fan of words of the year? Do you follow this? I'm I'm a big fan. I, do, I wouldn't say I follow it. I would say that it just kind of appears. You know what I mean? Like it's it just becomes news at this time of year. You know, kind of like Spotify Wrapped, all of those end of year stuff. It's just it's unavoidable. And so I do. I am a fan of it just coming into my life. But I'm not like I don't seek them out. You know what I mean? But I do enjoy them. Mm. Oh gosh, Spotify Wrapped. That was a good one. That deserves a shout oh. out as well because I know there's many people who have been sharing and, and um, kind of showing off, rightfully so, all the wonderful musics, 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 music directions. Oh, God, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and Spotify Wrapped deserves a shout out as well, because I have seen all around the web on Instagram and Twitter so many people who have been sharing their Spotify Wrapped and showing us the wonderful music genres that they are listening to that are multilingual. I have had one pop-up in my own Spotify wrapped. Do you want to guess what it was? Oh, what like what 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 am I guessing? Your top mm. song, top artist? <laughs> my genre. Your genre. Like my multilingual genre. Okay. Was it um C pop? Like Chinese pop? Oh nice. No, it should have been maybe. It was Welsh. Just Welsh. Folk. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, Welsh. No, as not, a genre. Just, like, not just Welsh. Welsh folk. Like, specifically okay. Welsh folk. Yeah. Nice. There's a, there's a really, really lovely song called Rivers of Gold um, that I would recommend. It's it's in English, but once you, if you like the song, the album also has Welsh on it. So have a look. Have a look on there if you are listening. And how was your Spotify wrapped? You know, I was very pleased. I got to the bit where it said countries, you're a global listener, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know borders and all of that. And then it said, you've listened to songs from 111 countries. And then it came up, Billie Eilish, USA. I was like, God damn you, Billie Eilish. <laughs> and then I got to like my top artists and my top songs. And it was like top songs, Soldy by Mahmood, right? And Malamente, Rosalia. In fact, that might have been number one. So yeah. we've got Italian, we've got Spanish, and then Millionaria from Rosalia. So Catalan, right? So Lovely. Spanish, Catalan, Italian, top three. Number four, number five, Billie Eilish again. What's she doing? <laughs> Why can't she sing in like Spanish? Come on, Billie. I don't know. Get on that. Well, I mean, my <laughs> eternal love for Sean Paul, I can tell you, has has continued this year. And I'm always going to, I'm going to count that as another... It's a kind of another language. We've covered that one before. But otherwise, you just see this crazy split of my indie soul loving the national and Bell and Sebastian mixing in with my, I guess, Zumba party soul. Nice. Loving Sean Paul. <laughs> nice. And um, a lot of, what's his name? A lot of Daddy Yankee. 
Um, can't complain. No, no. And it is in Spanish. So, listeners, if you've had a Spotify wrapped, do let us know. And if you're sharing it on Instagram, for example, or on Facebook, use hashtag The Fluent Show and we'll find you. I'd love to see what your Spotify wrapped was like. Now, with that little detour, we're going to join the main uh, autobahn of this show again and get to the words of the year. Now, if you've not listened to this before, if you don't know what what kind of words of the year we're talking about, words of the year are typically selected by either dictionary companies. So in the English speaking world, that's quite a big one. For example, Oxford chooses one, Collins, Merriam-Webster or language societies. So there is the American Dialect Society and they always come out with a, a word of the year. And there is also, for example, the Deutsch, the Gesellschaft für Deutsche Sprache, so the German um, Society for the German Language, and they are the ones who choose their word. And they're chosen in different ways. Sometimes even there's just like one person who has decided to sum things up. So we're going to get started with one of those with a journalist. But other ways that these words can be chosen is that they might be chosen by a jury. They might be put out to the public vote. They may actually be nominated by, say, users of the dictionary. Or I know that Merriam-Webster bases a lot of its word selection on how how much search traffic specific words and how much traffic specific mm. words have had over the year. So what they sum up is really something that was talked about, written about, current in our in our minds the zeitgeist, as people say in English, and I've never heard anybody say in German, even though it's a German loan word. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it incredibly impressive this year how, how to the point these words were, how well they have summed us up and our lives. So, I'm not going to lie. I found a lot of them this year very depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when you when you were adding them to that card we have for the podcast with like mm-hmm. the links and stuff, I was just looking at each one thinking, Oh, oh God, really? <laughs> oh. And there's certainly two big I think there's two big themes that we that keep coming up in the English speaking world. And those two themes, not giving too much away, listeners, I think have been internet and environment. Mm. So the the German word of the years, the German words of the year, actually represent and kind of mirror something something slightly different, which is interesting. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. But I wanted to start off with a very unofficial list that I found for in in an article written by a, a Guardian writer, da- David Shariat Madari. He got got involved early <laughs> and he posted a list of his top 10 words. So I, I started getting excited already. And that was in on the 10th of, of, of October. So I think it was 10th of October. So it was in October. And, and the list, I'm going to read them out to you, listeners. And Lindsay, you tell me if any of those really jumped out to you as, as so 2019. Okay. So here's the list. People. Prorogue. Dun, dun, dun. Femtech, sad fishing, opioid, pronoun, woke, nano influencer, cancelled, and crisis. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. All right, go ahead, caller. In, ter- <laughs> In terms of jumping out, I would say prorogue, but that's probably more a British one. Um, it's very England in October, like very UK in October. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would say word of the year, maybe like word of a mad few weeks um, or final few months of the year, perhaps. People seems kind of bored. I don't, I, what? People's the one that's confusing me the most. Woke feels like so three years ago. You know, to me too. I think well, 2016. Feels yeah. yeah, feels out of date already. Pronoun feels like something that's just like bubbling under and happening, 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 happening for a while. Sad fishing is very new. That's really that's a really depressing one. Um, I would opioid and crisis. I feel kind of go together. Like I wouldn't think opioid. I wouldn't think. I mean, crisis maybe because you've got like opioid crisis, climate crisis. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's more that goes political crisis. crisis. I think at the time, again, this some of these are very October. Mm. So people, I think it was about there was there was a lot of talk in the UK this year again about the people's vote, the people's will, the people have voted, the people have this, the people oh. have that. Um, it came to the point where you started to wonder who the heck the people actually are, and crisis sort of maybe in that particular time represented parliamentary crisis as well so we are again in a very political right. world sad fishing explain to me what that is as far as i understand so the idea of social media and using instagram to get attention sad fishing is when you you know like catfish i think it comes from catfishing right so this idea of catfishing is when you pretend to be someone else online potentially to get attention when you're sad fishing i think the idea of that is that you are posting things online saying i'm really really sad i'm really really depressed to get attention to make yourself feel better about that and so criticism comes from the idea that actually some people are doing this posting things saying that they're really sad they're really depressed they're really upset etc just for the attention even though they're not feeling those emotions which obviously aren't emotions that you should pretend to have because that's kind of not very not very nice for people that do actually have those things that are suffering you know what I mean to then pretend to kind of appropriate that if you like for yourself just to get attention that's how I understand it right is that that is so and I'm going to say something very, very 2019. That is so meta. Yeah. You know, it's so. It's it makes sense in a world and, and, and in a way to me, this feels like the most out of that particular list. To me, this feels the most 2019 because it because it, it has a it has this undercurrent of of fake news in it. Oh, so it's like an evolution from that as well, yeah. Mm, it's like one person fake news. One person fake news. <laughs> O-P-F-N. Opfen. <laughs> that, yeah. That, did that make the German list? Opfen? It, one person fake news. It sounds very fishing. German. It did, it did not. <laughs> Opfen. <laughs> yeah. Sad fishing. It's just a sort of... I can see... Because you have to know or you have to, in order to do it, you have to kind of have a feeling for how the internet might react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, that's depressing. It is. Are there any positive ones in this list? I mean, pronoun is good. It's good that that's something that's being talked about, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. about how people choose to be identified. That's good. Yeah. Um, femtech feels a bit gross, a bit like why femtech why does it need to be femtech why can't it just be tech you know that one i don't like nano influencer like 
thinks underpants and stuff like that. It's it's very I couldn't really get my head around it. Oh, oh okay. Your, so like technology designed for f- specifically female things like periods and whatever else menopause yeah, possibly possibly reflecting if we're going to take a positive spin on it possibly reflecting that there are now companies out there that design products with a female user in mind the 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 book of the year for, for me has been invisible women by caroline criado perez and that's actually all about the the amount of times that our data default, our data default of a human is always a male, and the way that that, the, the way that that can impact women, as a as a group of humans who don't conform to that and who have sort of this inconvenient body with this inconvenient cycle, etc. It was very very interesting, hmm. and femtech to me maybe goes that way and says, well, you know, women now have more of a chance of designing what they actually need. Right. Okay. Okay, so like with more sort of equal opportunities comes more, like how could a man design thinks period pants, for example? Because yeah. they would have, they could. have no idea. It might, not, it might take a right, month right, to get the right. idea. Okay, yeah, okay, I can see, yeah. I don't Sorry. know, it, it still feels like, yeah. Nano-influencer as well. Oh, I went to um, a summit for YouTube earlier this year um I was invited to and it was like there was a session from someone about social media from some social media agency company and it really made me feel gross they were talking I hate the word influencer let's just get that out there off the bat gross word what a horrible word like please don't refer to me as that because that's just well and they were talking about how when they connect brands with quote-unquote influencers they look for a mix of um what did they call them like top influencers right mid influencers and nano or they said actually they said micro influencers right so the idea is like like they're really little people yeah like it was just really like to to group people into these categories determining on you know how much engagement you have on social media and how many followers you have it was just like oh my god really is this the world that we live in because that feels like yeah so i don't like that one nano influencer Ooh. influencer Ooh. i don't know whether it translates it. It to other languages makes me sick in my mouth every time well <laughs> if people will turn themselves into a business this is where we end up i suppose in german interestingly the word for influencer is influencer mm. and i can see why because a lot of words from the world of tech and the internet are taken are borrowed from the english language it's fairly rare like you can say herunterladen or runterladen for download, but I hear download just as much. And, um, you know, this is a word that completely talks about a specific world. And I, I wouldn't even, you could translate it to beeinflusser, but influencer, I guess, has, has a ring to it. So I wonder, have you come across it? I mean, I know you hate the word. Have you come across it in Spanish? Or well, how do internet no. phenomena translate in Spanish? In Spanish... Mm, I haven't come across influencer specifically. I think things like YouTube, I've maybe seen like YouTuber like written in an article. Oh. So, yeah, what maybe things. Like YOLO. YOLO. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone listening would be able to help us out with that one. Vives una vez. Vivian. Vivian. Yeah. That's quite good. Vivian. <laughs> 
Love. Love is so love. 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 Jumping into the river. Love. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we're having so much conversation. We're not even on the list of official words of the year yet. But certainly how interesting as well to have to have started with a list that is a few months old. And looking back on it now, already, already to say inside. that list yeah. is very Britain and is very not dated, but it kind of reflects that it was done a few months earlier, I think. Yeah, I agree. For rogue, I don't think is a word for the full year. It was It was a word for that month, though. Yeah, definitely. It's one that does stand out for me, mm. being British. But yeah, listeners, if you if you've got no idea what we're talking about with this prorogue thing, prorogue is oh. the specific word when you, as the prime minister, go to the queen. This is very boring unless you're a politics nerd. But essentially, it's a process by which you suspend the British Parliament, kind of give them a little bit of it. You you reset. That's how people say it. it's like you reboot the Parliament so that you sometimes can, you do it when you shouldn't. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> that was the big controversy that was the big parliamentary crisis that was then because we had what was called a prorogation in october uh which was later ruled to be to have been fairly i think it's unlawful yeah it was a it was a court of law so it was, it was so there was a lot of talk around that and it but it really is even looking back at it now it's very october because now we're we're again in a different political landscape so let's move on to words that actually try to sum up the year and not just the moment how about that let's do it i would like to start off in germany because germany's got a very long running tradition of word of the year and in germany it's curated by the gesellschaft für deutsche sprache so the german language society which you never hear about all year long except when it's word of the year time so okay perhaps that's what a language oh my guys we're still here <laughs> yeah we've been thinking been on the beach all year And their word of the year came out when I was in Germany, actually, German retreat. So I got a bit of bit more context for it because otherwise I would not know what this is. Being a, you know, I'm a German citizen and stuff, but I don't live in Germany. So this wouldn't mean anything to me. The word of the year that they've chosen is Respektrente. Mm. Does that tell you Some, anything as a non-German? Something to do with respect? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's as far as that's as far as I get. Okay, so the last part, it's it's a compound, which every good German word should be. Of course. Respektrente means the, the rente is not rent, it's pension. Pension. Yeah, pension. Like okay. old, old people. Okay, can I guess? guess? Can I guess? Okay, go. Cool. Were people having their pensions taken away or their pension pots? Oh, they've mysteriously disappeared. You know, as long as I've watch German news there's been somebody talking about pensions pensions have, have been a topic in the 90s in the in the 2000s they, they always seem to be a topic and yes it wasn't somebody's been taken some something's been taken away it was as far as I'm aware something's been introduced okay which is a guaranteed pension level For anyone who has been what's called erwerbstätig, so who has been, uh, I guess, gainfully employed, you might say in English, uh -huh. more than 35 years. Cool. So it's actually a fairly... So it's a positive pension thing. Well, it depends if you're like off the socialist persuasion, I suppose. I'm being very, mm. I'm very, very neutral today. I think it's good. Okay, Switzerland. <laughs> I know. Right? So... <laughs> 
Okay, Jeremy. So <laughs> the respect pension um, is the word of the year. So it must have been must have really, really captured people. I actually quite like the number two in this list. So for you German speakers or German learners, I will read out the f full list just to kind of go through and I'll cover two. And I think we need to say a word about six, which I think is very interesting. So we've got the respect rente. We've got roller cars. Then number three, Fridays for Future. In English. In English. Okay. Again, another one of those things that people in Germany say in English, but people in England, you don't really have the same concept. Like you don't really have the same idea of, of what it is, right? This is this is about Greta, right? It's it's, it's about, about the school strike. Yes, it's about more yeah. than Greta in a way. Yeah. Um, so Fridays for Future is the movement that arranges weekly school strikes in Germany. And they have been really active and they've been going on for all year long, pretty much. So Fridays for Future is specifically in Germany? No, it's international. It's just really but taken off. The name. Okay, okay, okay. So the name is international. Right, right. As far as I'm aware, but I don't know okay. how organized they are or whether it's really just people who who say we're doing this fridays for future or whether there is a fridays for future like headquarters um with with greta in it or something i don't think there is so fridays for future is this kind of grassroots movement the name for it in germany and it gets talked about so so much um the next bit is the next word is schaulestiger okay which is a play on schaulustiger so people who schaulustig is when you are schau means to look and lustig it can mean funny but it sort of means like you've got lust for looking does that tell you anything what, what it might be uh, not a sexy word don't worry okay so it's not like pervy uh -uh. um i don't know like like wanderlust or like you're window shopping you are what's it called in english when Close. you when you slow down or everybody gathers to look because there's something big oh, happening rubbernecking rubbernecking okay you. why is that on this list well this is a pun right so the the way that we normally say it is with l u s t uh -huh. now what you see here is l l a umlaut s t so lustig becomes lestig Germany has managed to do a pun, and lestic means annoying. So, so it's a it's a pun on rubbernecking, and it's a way of referring to rubberneckers as like uh, the, the emphasis on how irritating and and how much of a hindrance they are. Got it. What a weird word to come out of twenty nineteen. I feel like there's more context to this one. I know. It. I. I am absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. Again, the, the German words of the year, and especially being such a list, it, and, and this is what I love about words of the year, it sums up so much about where that country, the whole, mm -hmm. where that particular area is at in its consciousness. So we, we saw that with Prorogue and we're seeing it with Fridays for Future. And just a word about number two, Roller Chaos, Roller Chaos, um, is about the fact that this year Germany legalized those e-scooter things. Oh, oh, that is chaos. Yes, and now people are parking them everywhere. Bad move, Germany. Well, I love them. I want one. Oh, no, they'll, they'll regret that. Oh. Maybe they already are. Roller chaos, they're already... Some people are thinking that is madness. But it's, it's not people using them that is the madness. It's people, it's people leaving them. Leaving them everywhere. So, okay, I first went to Singapore in 2011, right? 
beautiful city. Amazing. Clean as anything, right? I say the expression clean as a whistle and I'm always told that that's not correct. So I won't say clean as a whistle, but that's what I wanted to say. FYI. So anyway, Singapore now, like the last time we went, it's full of multiple companies that do bike rental schemes where you then just leave the bikes wherever you want to when you're finished. And the city last time was just littered with bikes everywhere. So I understand roller chaos. There's an article that I read uh, years ago in the, in the Guardian about Manchester and how in Manchester the company withdrew all of its bikes because mm. people kept throwing them in the canal. And there was this lovely sentence in it that made me laugh so much about the UK and the the, the English mindset and that they they're not so used to the sharing economy. And they don't really understand how to treat stuff well so other people can use it. It was really harsh. It mm. was entirely opinion, but it made me laugh. So, roller chaos. Obviously, an international... Maybe Germany is a country that's kind of taken on. I mean, having just been to Berlin, they have got every means of transport available. You think of it, Berlin's got it, and you can hire it. It was... To me, it was fantastic. I thought it was really, really great because you you, you become less dependent, like, first of all, on cars. And Germany is fairly car heavy. Yeah. But also you, gosh, see how see how much we're summing up the, the like a, an ongoing debate of the year. <laughs> Fascinating. It is so. And roller chaos, as, roller chaos as well is then linked to the environment in that sense as well, isn't it? Exactly. So same same thing as number three, Fridays for Future. Indeed, indeed. But not as not as what we'll see later, not as on the nose as what we'll see with the English words, I think. Okay. Bit of foreshadowing there. But not before we talk about number six, because that surprised me. And no, this is something that's number about. five, donut effect. Yes, donut effect. Okay. I believe the donut effect describes the way that in our politics we are seeing stronger extremes. Huh. And in our society, with rising inequality, we are seeing stronger extremes. So the middle is is less spoken to currently. Oh, a ring donut. Like a ring donut. Yeah, what? not like jam, to, jam donut. <laughs> <laughs> that would be called the Berliner effect in Germany. That I, would make I no was sense. thinking, I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's not actually about donuts, but it's about the way that the middle... Of society, oh. I guess is currently less. That's a good one. It's just I like less that one. Present, less spoken to, mm-hmm. less referred to. Mm-hmm. Don't really know. I'm sure they still exist, but they're very quiet right now. Okay. Mm. So that's the donut effect. It was a. It's a sociological and political phenomenon. I guess we that's could say. Cool. All right, we can do questions number six. Let's go for it. I know no. what it means. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Uh, it just surprised me that this popped up in the German list, you know. Um, the Germans apparently are Brexit müde. It means tired of Brexit, right? Tired of Brexit. Ah, uh, aren't we all? That's what I first thought. It's like, you you don't know the half of it, right? We I mean, Britain. no, no, no. But it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that other people <laughs> are, are müde of Brexit. Mm, so British to refer to something as embarrassing. Well, yeah, it is. The first reaction is like, oh my God, it's embarrassing. But it is, yes. Yeah. It, was, it was awful that, that Brexit makes it even into 
the consciousness of you know and then it makes us makes you more aware that every european country surely has the brexit on its mind as well and they probably just want to get cracking and, and there's certainly been debate about it and we can get from the word it's wonderful the word expresses the attitude or the the concern about it doesn't mean there is a political opinion either way on how they wanted to go but they certainly wanted to go somewhere else can i start my own word of the year list i've just i've made up a phrase of the year based on brexit mooder all right okay brexit means mooder <laughs> i like it i love it yeah. I love it. Stand for that. <laughs> When's Even the next election, I wonder? Election? Mm. <sighs> Hopefully <laughs> five years' time. <laughs> Not a word of the year. I'm 30 years old. I've had four of them. <laughs> oh my God. shouldn't be this way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll quickly run you through numbers seven to ten. In the in the interest of time, maybe we'll, we won't go too far into those. Number seven was Gegengugeln, which... It describes, so googeln, it made a lot of people laugh that I, I kept saying during the retreat, it's like, oh, muss ich googeln, ich, ich google mal. So googeln is, you can use that as a German verb, it means googling, of course. Mm. And gegen googeln, counter googling, apparently is when you want to disprove an argument or you want to find something that proves, that just goes against whatever you've just heard that you don't like, you gegen google. <laughs> so you could have little google debates uh, number eight bienensterben is a b b um not extinction b bees dying oh, another bees. compound number nine oligarchennichte which is lovely uh, niece of the oligarch niece of the oligarch quick one do you know what that refers to it's not anna delvey it is not okay Have you heard of the Venga Boys? Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you know that the Venga Boys have had a big chart comeback this year with a song called We're Going to Ibiza? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What year are we in? With the song We're Going to Ibiza. Ibiza. Ibiza? Mm -hmm. Ibiza? Mm -hmm. Oh, Ibiza. Oh, Ibiza. Okay. Um, This is to do, I believe, with something that was uh, referred to as Ibiza Gate. Ibiza Gate, or, <laughs> or the Ibiza Affair, the Ibiza Affair, where, where this is an Austrian news item that absolutely dominated, apparently, and, and I've, I've had to read about this because we didn't hear about it at all in the UK, but I'm going to read the Wikipedia sum up because it's complicated. It was a political scandal in Austria involving Heinz-Christian Strache, the former vice-chancellor of Austria, and the leader of the Freedom Party, then I think they're very right-wing, the scandal was triggered on the 17th of May by the publication of a secretly recorded video okay. in, of a meeting in Ibiza, mm. which appears to show, it, and the video is from 2017, which appears to show the then-opposition politicians Strache and Gudenus, so another guy, discussing their parties, underhanded practices and intentions. Ooh. In the video, both politicians appeared receptive to the proposals by a woman calling herself Aljona Makarova, or Makarova, who was posing as a niece of a Russian businessman, therefore Oligarchenichte, Igor Makarov, discussing providing the FPO with positive news coverage in return for government contracts. Ooh. Massive, massive scandal. Okay, so it's nothing to do with the Venga Boys. 
Well, oh, shortly after the scandal broke, Jan Böhmermann, who's a German, com- I believe he's German, a German comedian, okay, posted a link to the YouTube video of "We Are Going to Ibiza," and then people started singing it everywhere, and it became a big thing. And then it summed up the Ibiza Gate, so people started singing it. Um, in in the streets in Vienna and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> to take the Mickey out of this politician. Oh, long story. That is a long Mate story. <laughs> okay, that's. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh, it's a wonderful story. So I hope I hope listeners, it was it was worth it for you, <laughs> because that is the whole that whole story is so 2019. Yeah. And 2017 to, to yes, it's very, it's very now. Um, and it's in a way another, you know, there's this discussion of fake news and Russian interference and politicians, you know, trying to make things happen in a way and secretly recorded footage coming to light and leaks and so mm. much, you know, so much crazy stuff. And it, it really caused a, a, it caused a crisis, certainly in this political party. Um, and it seems to have been a, a sting operation from how I understand Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. Hence, um, how do you feel about having asked about that? <sighs> That's a lot. <laughs> so I'll quickly cover number 10, uh, Geordnete Rückkehrgesetz, which translates to ordered return law. I believe that's about migration, uh, possibly refugees, but I don't know that much about it. So it's another thing that's in the consciousness. They're very news heavy, aren't they? The the German ones. I suppose. They're less, I mean, the, like when you look at that first list, I know we've still got more English ones to come, but that first yeah. list, it's it's almost a bit more um, internet-y, a bit more wider culture the german ones are real like news story heavy that's interesting that is true and the english ones like we, we're going to move on maybe now to the english ones to me the english ones sum up an emotion and the german ones seemingly sum up an issue more mm, okay so i will move on to the uk so we're going to go home to the uk in 2019, I found three words of the years that are currently out, all of them by different dictionary companies. And I will read you. Oh, and no, Oxford hasn't got theirs yet. So it's two, and then we've got a short list. So in 2019, the Cambridge Dictionary word of the year was upcycling, the activity of making new furniture, objects, etc., out of old or used things or waste material. That feels like five years ago. I thought that too. Mm. I, well, and, and I'm, it has to be said, Cambridge, uh, are they sort of just released a blog article. They seem a bit less um, in the word of the year game than Collins and Oxford in terms of their procedures. But every, as, as you can see, every, every selection method is welcome here on the Fluent Show. So upcycling... The thing I found interesting about it is that you're right. I believe it's not a it's not at all a word that came onto the scene in 2019, but maybe it sums up a mood or something. Yeah. See, I don't like the words of the year where they're like, yeah, but it sums it up. It's coming to its own. I like the words of the year that have like come from the year. 
that's mm-hmm. my they're my favorites but yeah i do i i get it i think like you say the idea of being more environmentally conscious seems to be wider reaching now more so than ever which mm-hmm. is a good thing um and like the others that are on the short list here so like carbon sink compostable preservation all along that same vein right mm. it's that's it isn't it they've got this short list that that in a way feels more you kind of get more, more yeah you get more from looking at the whole list with yeah. that compostable so I'll, I'll read you out the definitions listeners or if you're an english learner you'll appreciate this carbon sink an area of forest that is large enough to absorb large amounts of carbon dioxide from the earth's atmosphere and therefore to reduce the effect of global warming that to me feels way more relevant global warming uh, compostable something that is compostable can be used as compost when it decays and preservation the act of keeping something the same or preventing it from de- being damaged mm. It's it's almost like they Cambridge came up with a word collage of the year. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. I think you know it's fine, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be like boom upcycling number one. I think they're all as relevant, like you say, kind of like a little word little word cloud. Yeah, it's sort of this is what was on our mind. Whereas yeah. Collins, to me, Collins hit it on the head. They they chose well. And their word of the year, Lindsay, you've got the honours. Climate strike. Climate strike, which is Fridays for Future. Mm, mm. I feel like this is more widely, yeah, I feel like this is more widely used in English than Fridays for Future on the German list, which ironically is English in (laughs) in its words. But yeah, climate strike feels like more what you hear of. Mm hmm. And climate strike, does that sum up? Do you think that sums up the year? It sums up that yeah. the, the people want something done. Yeah. Yeah, the I people. suppose. The people. There you go, back to people, right? Uh, yeah, I would say it's a good choice. It's almost, I guess it feels a little bit, talking about it feels a little bit like like the state of 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 the whole climate debate, it, it kind of feels a bit stuck. Mm. Like I don't feel emotional reaction to climate strike. Mm. Mm. But I feel it's something that it's something that emphasizes where many people's minds were at. And I'll read you the short list of Collins. I think sh- Collins to me skews young. When, okay. you, when I when I look at those words, so they've got BOPO. Uh, do you know what that is? I had to look it up. Absolutely no idea. Short for body positivity. Oh, okay. Mm. BOPO. I don't know. Maybe a hashtag. Maybe it's a hashtag. Yeah. Mm. Cancel. Yeah. Deep fake. Double Whoa. down. Not sure where double down. Double down. Yeah, that's just like an expression. Entryist. What is that? I think. Oh, and uh, I'm exposing myself here, but, you know, demonstrating that words of the year sometimes um, are just stuff that you've heard. I think entryist means when you join a political party because you want to, like, when you join the Conservatives because you want to vote for or against Boris Johnson or because you've got an agenda. Oh. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, we've in the UK had a year where our Prime Minister was chosen by like a hundred thousand people 
because it was the next leader of a political party. So much political debate, crazy. Uh, then there's Hope Punk. Again, I, makes me feel 100 years old, don't know. Yeah, no, There's no, no, your no. favorite word on there again, Lindsay. <laughs> yep, influenza. <laughs> Non-binary, which matches the what we had mm. earlier, the pronoun theme. Mm. And the last one is rewilding, which is another preservation word. Rewilding, what does that mean? Rewilding, I believe, is when you let an area of land uh, go back to its natural state. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like as soon as a word of the year, a good word of the year list, we shouldn't be looking at it and going, what's that? Mm. You know what I mean? They should what be I mean real. Collins is, is, feels young to me, feels yeah. very uh, youth, words of the youth. Yeah, there should be some, you shouldn't need explanation. It should be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's a new word, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Well, shall we head over the, shall we head across the pond to the USA and see what they came up with? Oui, oui, oui. Okay, bonjour. Uh, bienvenue aux Etats-Unis. The American Dialect Society, they're always late. So their words not pop, not going to be published, not even going to be nominated until January 2020. What we're Just looking at. Just in case. Mm-hmm. Just what in case this at. final week, True. word <laughs> emerges into the consciousness. Sorry, go on. <laughs> what we're looking at is the 2018 word of the year. And um, that was, though, however, that word would have been published in January 2019. So I thought, okay, we'll, we'll give it a little note, a uh, little nod over to Tender Age Shelter. Huh? Ten, I believe tender age shelter is the very euphemistic way of saying camp where uh, young people are detained. Oh. After crossing the border, but I'm not entirely oh, sure. Oh, wow. <sighs> tender age, okay, yeah, sure. That's mm-hmm. what that is. So tender age shelter, not, definitely not a happy expression. Uh, listeners, if if you want to know more about it, uh, please, please do Google it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and lift our mood by moving on to Merriam-Webster. What do you think? I've got I found something about Merriam-Webster's Merriam-Webster again, another dictionary company. Okay. I found something about Merriam-Webster's methodology for choosing the word of the year, which was I think I found on their website. They say at first Merriam-Webster determined its contents by analyzing page hits. So they do. They look at search traffic, which I really like. Popular searches on its website. Since 2006, the list has been determined by an online poll and by suggestions from whiz- visitors to the website. Mm. So I don't know if they're gonna if they're doing half and half now or or what exactly. But it gives you a good insight into how these words are chosen. The word Merriam-Webster chose with the years for the year is kind of in line with Collins had it on their list and we've seen it on the individual list there. The word is they. I like that one. Do you remember we had we've had an episode yeah, about we did. Netflix became um, became a what do you call it a an address like a, a title yeah title mm-hmm. yeah I'm I am like a hundred percent behind this it makes no sense to me why people would object to they as a singular pronoun like not only is it helpful if people choose to identify outside of he or she right but also it's helpful you know when like you are maybe emailing someone or and you know and you've never seen a picture you don't really know who they are but their name is perhaps kind of a bit gender ambiguous 
So like mm. Lindsay, even like, you know, there's yeah. men called the new speaker of the House of Commons, right? He's called Lindsay. Like, and my husband as well, his name, Ashley, like in America, that's like a girl's name, right? Yeah. Kirsten so, can be, you know, there you either. go. Right. So when you don't know, it's helpful to be able to say, oh, they told me da 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 da. Like I do that a lot when I'm I'm not sure about if I've never really met someone, you know. So, I, yeah, this just feels like it should have happened years ago. And yeah, mm. I think it feels to me as well, like like they by now, it, it really is becoming more and more accepted. Yes, there's mm-hmm. some discussion around it, but it's been around for a while and Every conference I attended this year, podcast movement, Langfest, there has been there's been the option of choosing your your pronoun. I know the Polyglot Conference does it as well. So I was walking around with a pin on my bat on with a pin on my yeah pin on my badge, so the thing that goes around your head in my lanyard, and and I I had I had a little thing that says she her, and mm. the options were you could choose he him, you could choose they them, and it was all. It was all open to you, all available to you. I I agree with you. I I love that it's coming around, and I like the way that language, in a pronoun, in just a pronoun. This is the magic of language. It's so cool. In yeah. one pronoun, we can express everything. You know, diversity, acceptance, social change, controversy. But it's all in this one little word. It's it's really cool. This. This is one that I find really curious about other languages as well, where other languages perhaps are even more gendered than English in pronouns and in other respects. Like if you look even just at French, right, where you've got like il, elle, and then you've got for they, you've got il, z, and elle, z, with an S on the end of each. And it's like, oh yeah, if there's a room full of females and there's one man in the room, you go for il, z, with an S. Traditionally, right? You know? So it's like... Isn't that curious that like how other languages are going to change and react to this change in this kind of wave of people saying, actually, no, I want to be identified in this way, please. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. That's that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to skip over the dictionary.com word. Uh, listeners, if you want to look it up, it's called existential. or that's, That was the word that they chose. I've, I'm, it doesn't really tell me very much. But I want to I want to make some time for going to Australia. We've, in 2018, so in our last year's episode, listeners, you may not remember this, but we, we had a conversation around milkshake duck. And then they had the Canberra bubble, which was the um, Macquarie word of the year. So something that is cool about Australia is that they specifically not go out of their way, but they consciously put make it part of their mission to sum up something that represents Australia. And I think they've done it well again this year. The Australian National Dictionary Centre chose the word voice. Would Ooh. you have known what, what that is about? Only because in the notes that I'm reading now, it says as an indigenous voice to parliament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that and sense. It, yeah. So important and so relevant as well. You know, this year, 2019 international year of indigenous languages. That's a really very appropriate choice. Very true. I even looked for whether there's an indigenous word of the year or something like that. But I guess with the amount of indigenous languages, that'd be a bit ambitious. Maybe indigenous mm. itself, certainly as a fluent show would be, should be up there. Uh, The term voice, well, not the word voice, of course, but in that particular 
definition, it was first used to define a First Nations representative body by Noel Pearson in 2015. It's defined by the dictionary as a formal channel for Indigenous input into the making of laws and policies affecting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So, and I really, I like the expression First Nations. You don't really hear it. that a lot around here. I, I love as well that um, so often in these scenarios, um, it's the voice that's the first thing to go. That's the reason why Indigenous languages have, in many cases, such a struggle to survive and to keep relevant and to keep in use. It's because that voice has been taken from them. And with voice disappearing, language disappears, right? So I think, you know, from from a linguistic point of view, from a sort of language-minded perspective, I think it's also really nice to see that being chosen as well. Mm-hmm. That's a... That's such a good way of putting it. And if you listeners, if you've been listening to the show for a, for a few months now, you will remember I had a, an interview with Alexa Little and Lindsay and I recorded an episode about indigenous languages. I'll put both of them in the show notes for you as well so that you can access those if you wish to to learn a little bit more about indigenous languages. This year has been the year the International Year of Indigenous Languages. And it's been it's been really interesting and also very beneficial to all of us to get that debate going. So thank you, Lindsay, for very, very well summed up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> what you're not going to become a victim of with such kick-ass contributions is cancel culture, which is the word of the year, as chosen by the jury at the Macquarie Dictionary. Cancel culture. What? Mm. What? Is this... This is a Taylor Swift thing, right? Can you can you catch me up? Okay, so this was millennial. Tell me what's up. Millennial, tell me. This was in the first Ooh. list that you, the October list from the Guardian guy, right? He said cancelled, and it was there again. Where did I see it again? In the Collins list, cancel, and now it's here again. Cancel culture. It's all related to the same thing, right? So the idea is that because there's there's such kind of toxic fandoms, if you like, nowadays. You know, the Internet's great because you can connect with people who love what you love. But it also means that those people who have then connected around what they love also are connected around what they therefore don't love. So maybe you might have, I don't know, um, let's say that let's let's Taylor Swift is a good example. Right. So Taylor Swift, big drama this year with um, Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun. I think their names are like mm-hmm. buying her old music. Right outrageous basically her her record label like sold all their music sold the record label or whatever to this guy who previously she claims had like bullied her and just been really not cool and so you could argue then in a situation like that that her fans would then be like hashtag cancel scooter braun or you know hashtag cancel scott borchetta and then that creates this cancel culture this idea of you did something wrong to the person that we all love therefore you're done right goodbye but what how does that express itself though that somebody is done well it's all if if people start tweeting cancel kirsten does that that means then people don't listen to the fluent show anymore and nobody comes to my website nobody sends me an email yeah like let's say let's say that you said Oh, languages are lame, <laughs> right? Welsh Too is such work. a stupid language. Welsh Not people bothered. suck, right? The money. Stop it. Stop it. And oh then, I'm going to get angry emails. Right? Yeah, so then people would be like, oh, I can't believe she said that. Cancel Kirsten. Hashtag cancel Kirsten. 
and then people would go out of their way to like mm. for you to be over it's very aggressive it's it, like online it's really good to imagine that yeah it's like real online aggression mm-hmm. how fascinating and how oh how harsh and how how cruel and another it's the internet words that make it really around mm. the world australia mm. you know usa they, they, they pop up everywhere surprisingly germany didn't is not cancelling people yet not quite yet um they're, oh, they're too they're too busy being about brexit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about brexit in ibiza on an e-scooter <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I also want to. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take off again from Australia, get on my sustainable boat, and make it all the way to Portugal, where the Porto Editora. I can't really pronounce Portuguese very well. It's got the Palavra do Ano going at the moment, and I wanted to let you know. I don't know when the deadline is, but as we are recording this, you can vote. You can put your votes in for. Palavro Doano, so you do that at palavrodoano.pt and I will I will let you know that the a few of the nominees look very familiar. For example, Influenciador. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's how they've translated that one. <laughs> Influenciador, that's right. And other words that I recognize because they're cognates are um, desinformação and susten. Sustainability, right, sustainability, yeah, okay. Yeah, sustainability and disinformation. Um, there is Herica. Her, her, again, my, I don't know how to pronounce um, Portuguese, so I'm sorry, I might be going a bit Spanish. Litio. Oh, multipartidarismo. Nepotismo. Interesting, interesting. Huh. Yeah, I had that going on. And I guess they must have talked about Brazil. Seca. What does seca mean? Seca, as far as I'm aware, like right, right. Spanish means like dry. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, perhaps they've, I mean, the nature. Maybe there's droughts, plants, maybe. Uh-huh. There, there has been droughts and there's been big fires mm-hmm. this year. Uh, trottinette, no clue. Um, and violencia, and then in brackets, domestica. Oh, <laughs> you got to specialize the, what, what type of violencia we're talking about. So listeners, you can contribute right now. Your chances uh, chances open to contribute to the Portuguese word of the year. Head over to palavraduano.pt. Hopefully, still live when this podcast comes out. Staying in that part of Europe, we've also got a Spanish word of the year. This is not chosen by any dictionary company. I couldn't find a Spanish word of the year from a language society or anything. But our lovely sponsor, Yabla, has got in on the action. So this is this is a word that I found on the Yabla blog of the year. A uh, blog as the word of the year, chosen, as far as I can see, by them. But I would recommend this article to you to check out if you're a Spanish learner because it's full of examples and added definitions. And it's it's actually a very good article and you find it in the show notes. And while you're there, why not go to yabla.com slash show, you know, just to <laughs> let you know. <laughs> but honestly, so I've got, I've got the word of the year and Lindsay, Spanish speaker, resident Spanish speaker, Uh, Want me to read it? Yes, and would you read out the example? Okay, so the word is protesta, and the example is continua repression en Chile tras nueve semanas de protestas. So repression continues in Chile after nine weeks of protest, and actually, thinking about it, protesta, this is a good choice for a Spanish Mm. word of the year, not just Chile, Bolivia, 
there's been a huge political shift and protests and everything. Um, I think all all across Latin America has been a lot of, of um, protests this year for various reasons. But yeah, Chile and Bolivia are the ones that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. So protesters, and in the article it also goes on to explain that protester can obviously can mean protest, like physical people in the streets, but it can also be used to refer to, say, um, you're expressing your concerns, expressing mm. your criticism, etc. So it's it's a versat- to some extent a versatile word for a Spanish speaker to know. And I guess connecting back to the environment as well, maybe like, you know, climate strike in theory mm-hmm. could come under the term protesta. Yeah. So, Yabla, well done. I, I do think it's a great choice and a lovely little article. So check that one out. Finally, we have one left before we wrap it up, perhaps with a few personal reflections, reviews, words of the year for ourselves, if we've got any. And there is the Japanese one. The Japanese have come, like last year, every year they choose the kanji of the year. Uh, Lindsay, you're you're more of a Japanese reader than me, perhaps, although... Obviously, I read Chinese a little better now than I did last year. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so this one is Rei, or it says Ryo underneath as well um, for the kanji, meaning good or order. And that sounds like quite open and vague, right? Until you need you read the description. Again, it's all about the context of these. Um, so the Japanese era name, it says, was changed into Reiwa, meaning good harmony as safety measures against the storm and downpour caused by Typhoon Fashai and Typhoon Hajibis in Kanto region, the government issued um, evacuation orders, which is, if issuing order is Hatsu Rei, so that kanji again is there for issuing order in the, you know, mm. the evacuation order. Um, but yeah, because they had the typhoons during the rugby, it was rugby, wasn't it? The Rugby World Cup. True. So... That seems, again, like a very relevant choice. And I love the the kind of positive of that because they could have easily just picked typhoon or like, you know, disaster. But they went with the actual, no, Ray, the one that means good, that means order. They've kind of switched it into a positive, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. I, it, I like the uh, ambiguity of the word. I like yeah. the way that order, good harmony. Open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it it makes me feel it makes me feel the, uh, the the sort of Prussian, you know, the Prussian aspect of the German character, loving order as well. Mm. And there's always a restrictive quality to that. And at the same time, it's always a highly valued thing as well that can be seen as a positive. And there's there's a German saying, "Ordnung muss sein." You got to have order. That that you know exists in our character as well, and that I've I've often heard about with the Japanese too. So, it, you know, does it mean we managed to stay organized and calm during a, a terrible time? Or does it mean the human side was, was overlooked? Or does it mean both? Who knows? Yeah. You know, when I was in Japan last year, um, there was also some, not not typhoon bad weather, but some, like, there was, oh, I know what it was. There was an earthquake the day that we flew into Japan. Yeah. Um, you would never have known. The only reason that we knew there was an earthquake is because the person sat next to us on the plane said, oh, there's been an earthquake today. And we're like, oh, really? Thinking, is this plane going to land? We landed. We still wouldn't have known until we got to a hotel and checked the news intentionally looking for it because it was just 
so calm and so peaceful. The next couple of days, a couple of days later, we went out, got an emergency alert on our phone and we were like, oh, another earthquake's coming. Found someone who could translate it and they said, oh no, it's no problem. It's just to tell you to take care. It should have been sent two days ago. We were like, oh, okay. So yeah, super chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, yeah. And it, it's sort of, the, it in that sense, looking at it from a foreigner's perspective, it really sums up a, a, something about Japan, right? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, beyond just the year, right? Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, fascinating. So that that was our last word of the year, and I'm kind of glad that it's neither climate specific. Well, it's, I guess it's about typhoons, but you know, it's neither specifically about the climate nor about the internet and the horrible sides and the good sides of the internet. No influence is kind of getting cancelled here. I hope. Well, I hope that listeners, you've you've enjoyed this kind of meander through words and attitudes and what the power to me what stands out of that this is really the power that one word can have to evoke like like oligarchenichte uh you it, it's so like you've got to know the story I, i love that about it what did you what stood out for you Lindsay? well like a personal word of the year mm -hmm. 2019 yeah and what did you first of all what did you make of the list oh I thought they were all pretty interesting. I, they're, they're all so different. Like you said, one of them feels kind of youthful. And then there's like the German one feeling very sort of news oriented. But yeah, a lot that I would agree with. A lot that I would agree with, like, begrudgingly, you know, that like, I wouldn't want to be a thing, but it's a thing. So you got to go with it. I think <laughs> for me, there's probably two that stand out, both very kind of musical. One would be, duh. As in, oh. I'm the bad guy. Duh, right? That's one for me. <laughs> You've Another been walking one, around going, duh. Duh. Another one is um, from Rosalia in Malamente, where she's like, ta-da, ta-da. That's my other word of the year. Because I've listened to a lot of Rosalia. So I'm just, basically, song? what I'm trying to say is, bring on 2020, because there is a Billie Eilish and Rosalia collaboration that is happening And it can't come soon enough to save oh. us all from the climate strike and the bad things on the internet. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But I'm <laughs> curious. How do you think? Do you think the phrases from these songs have got any relevance in your own life that made them particularly sticky for you? Or are they just are they just what stuck in your head this year? just what's been going around in my head in terms of songs that have had relevance in my life i would say um again <laughs> sounds like i'm obsessed with billy eilish i guess that's the truth you should see me in a crown was a big thing for me like i i talked about this on instagram how earlier this year i had a huge issue with sport i read a horrible book that was incredibly sexist about oh, sport yes, yeah. and to the point that I actually wrote to the publishers and they actually changed the book because it was that bad. And they'd obviously had multiple complaints, I think. Um, but it really like knocked my confidence and I'd already signed up like to run an ultra marathon by this point. So I had no choice. I couldn't like just be like, no, some stupid man wrote his book and it made me sad. So I was just like, okay, I got to keep going. And you should see me in a crown really kept me going. Like, you know, If you think I look good running, you should see me in a crown. <laughs> look at it. 
that was that was a big like thing that stuck with me so that was your year. that was your confidence boost your source yeah. of power source for the year yeah I suppose yeah Billie Eilish wonderful oh I like that I like that a lot how about you I I think maybe this is just because we're recording around Christmas time and and I've just done a German retreat but overload comes to mind I think I had good intentions at the start of the year to I, I, every year at the start of the year I've got good intentions to not uh, overcommit to everything and then about halfway through I realize I'm completely overcommitted so mm -hmm. I'll try again next year it's a it seems to be a personality trait of mine uh, the other thing is the other expression that I came up with sort of was um, and this is this is very personal so hey podcast listeners this is for you um, sad Brit and and that's that's maybe how I would describe myself right now Aww. is I have never been British before, right? <laughs> and that's something that changed uh, this year. I I went through I went through some uh, citizenship palaver. That was oh, your official. I ceremony. wonder what I was. <laughs> Welcome. There was a wonderful moment during my citizenship ceremony. This this was the best part. It was and it was on the hottest day of the year. It was horrible. So in this completely unventilated room, everybody melting, thirty eight degrees. But there was a moment where this guy said, "Okay, now I will read out the countries of your um, original citizenship." So mm -hmm. some people um, might have kept, might have become uh, dual citizens. Other people may have dropped their own, you know, re renouncing. It's called renounced their old citizenship. And he was reading out the the original countries, and every country got a cheer. And it was just this oh. moment of. We're not losing something. It's very difficult, I think, to take on a different citizenship. It makes you reflect a lot on, like, who am I? What does this mean? Uh, what am yeah. I doing? And it was just this wonderful moment. So it was like, Saudi Arabia, yeah! Germany, woo! <laughs> Australia. Aww. The Australians were having a proper little dance. That was really fun. And, and you know, all this this room. Uh, Polish, yeah! Romanian, boop, boop! Just so wonderful. Canadian. That sounds amazing. Oh, that was the moment that made me feel, you know, part of something really cool that is happening. But it's so so that's the the part that I want to remember about, it. and that's kind of how I want to feel. Like, yeah, something has been added to my life, and it, you know, now the paperwork reflects a bit more about how I feel, who I am. But the other side of it is. Um, there is a tinge of sadness to it because I wouldn't have, you know, ha if it wasn't for Brexit, being a European citizen in the UK, it's it's been a few very uncertain years. You can't deny it. And I think nobody would tell you any differently, no matter where it's done politically. It's been hard. It's been hard to know what is happening. And, and you know, I don't at, at no point, And I really want to be very clear about this because I'm aware this podcast is, you know, is public, etc. Um, it, it It's not that every European should have to become a Brit um, or that anyone who chooses to do this does it for political reasons. These are very personal choices that people make and it's, you know, nobody's one choice should inform you about anybody else's. People should be allowed to make these choices individually. Mm. Um, oh, and just another thing, uh, just because you're married to a Brit doesn't mean that you can be, just become British. Um, that's a, <laughs> a common misconception. Mm. So there is a lot of paperwork and a lot of investment financially. You, know, you, you commit something, you, you put something on the line. And that is, on the one hand, you know, it's it's this wonderful part of enrichment and, and privilege. On the other hand, it's 
it's made me sad <laughs> you know so that is um yeah sorry i got a bit got a bit personal there um it's all right it's your personal word of the year you're allowed to like word of the year or expression of the year it's like sad brit because as i was waving the you know they give you a little uni jack flag and some Adorable. jam i got jam for some reason jam they literally Not handed with, me with, a, with zero scones to go with it oh they just hand you a jar of jam okay and a map of kent welcome <laughs> mm. yeah welcome new citizen here's some food mm. uh, it was local jam i don't know so <laughs> it's, it's the cuts so sad sad brit to me is you know as i'm waving my union jack and going wow you know this is just you know a, a chapter in my life at the same time you you feel like oh but you know i wish i wish the circumstances were yeah were slightly happier so that's just personal so don't add me people um but um, i would really love it if listeners to the show we do have a facebook group it's called fluent language learners and i'm also very responsive and available on twitter and on instagram listeners of the show why don't you share your favorites and your own personal words of the year we've given you so many expressions words things to reflect on and I would love to hear your thoughts about it. So I'll, I'll put a post, of course, on Instagram. My Instagram is at Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. And Lindsay, um, I'll tag you in it as well. So we can put it in your story so you can access it through Lindsay as well. The hashtag to use is hashtag the fluent show on Twitter. I will post about it at the fluent show. That's the account name. And on Facebook, like I said, just come and join us. The group is called fluent language learners. And that's where we discuss the fluent show and other things. Lindsay, is there anything? And really like we've only talked about the year, not the decade. Is there anything that is left? Any, anything that is left for that you want to add to our <sighs> last joint podcast of 2019? Of the decade. A decade. Um, no, I think, I think we've, that's what more can be said other than bring on 2020. I have a lot of hope for 2020. 2020 is what you call perfect vision. That <laughs> to me feels like a good sign. So I'm, I'm here for 2020. So am I. So am I. And we hope, listeners, to see you at an event during the year. We're definitely attending the Polyglot Cruise. Lindsay and I are both going to be speaking. And there's good chances that you'll see one of us or maybe both of us in Mexico later in the year. Could happen. And, yeah, all that's left, really, is for us to wish you wonderful holidays. Go back to last week's episode if you want to get some tips and top tips and ideas about staying in touch with your language if you are taking the holidays and a wonderful start into the new year and the fluent show is going to be back in the new year we're taking a week or two of downtime and then you'll see us back with the first episode talking to shannon kennedy i believe that's that awesome last time for 2019 it's goodbye from me goodbye and goodbye from lindsay williams Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. 
Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review.